Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Unfucked Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. And yes, folks, I have a doozy of a show for you this week. What's a doozy? I don't even know. I just, it's a word that I use a bit. Anyway, I've had quite the week myself, right? Like I've, I've had a, and I'm speaking personally, of course. But I've had a heck of a week. I've had a lot of things going on, a lot of things going on. I'm editing still the final, final edits of the new relationship book that's coming out in the spring of 2022. And I know that seems like a far off place for you right now. But if you're an author, you know that's not a far off place. That's right around the corner. So I'm doing the final, final edits for that. And the edits I find are usually like the most testing time for me because I'm really determining what's going to be in and what's going to be out of that book. I mean, if you guys know me at all, I'm married. I have three sons. I have a busy life in my family. My three sons are all very active. They do tons of stuff. You know, my wife and I spend most of our day driving them around to make sure they get everywhere. And, you know, I broke a toe while goofing around in the kitchen the other day. And typically... I don't do things by half, so it was definitely the kind of toe break that needed a pin and needed some irrigation, so I had to go and get put under and then brought around again. So it's been been a hell of a week, right? And I started to think about, like, because I've I've got a speaking engagement coming up at the tail end of this week, and I've got this big shoe thing on, and I've got a pin sticking out my toe. And, you know, it hurts. (laughs) I really started to get like the power of my word over how I feel. All right. So this is a subject that I talk about from time to time. And in fact, fairly frequently, because I feel as if it's something that you have to keep digging into new levels of it. Because every time you dig into new levels of it, you get new levels of effectiveness. Part of the problem I feel as if that we struggle with, though, is I'm not one of these people who says your feelings don't matter, right? I'm not someone who says everything that's happened to you in the past doesn't matter. It's all about the future. In certain circumstances, I might say something similar to that in a specific situation. But overall, 
Now, I mean, you know, we generally have to do the work to complete our past and deal with whatever we need to deal with there and deal with who we are in the present and invent who we're going to be moving forward, right? So I'm not saying your feelings and your junk and your baggage that you just sit up one day and say, okay, I'm done with all of that. That doesn't matter because you'll still deal with a residue. You still have the same old thoughts and emotions and certain moods and outlooks and feelings. And all of that kind of piles up from time to time, especially when you're under pressure, right? Which is, I guess, what I'm talking about in my own life right now, I have this experience of being pressured. Now, you'll notice I say I have an experience of being pressured, right? I'm not saying I'm under pressure. I'm saying I have an experience of pressure. Why am I saying that? Because I might not have that experience. I might only have this experience because it's me. If you were in my situation, you might not experience pressure. Or vice versa, if I'm in your situation and you're experiencing pressure and I'm doing the exact same thing as you, I might not experience that at all. So I don't say I'm under pressure. I say I'm experiencing it, which is very, very distinct, okay? Anyway, so yeah, I experience pressure at this time. And when I experience pressure, and obviously when I'm talking about this, I'm anticipating you'll be kind of laying your own life on top of what I'm saying. So as I'm experiencing pressure, I notice it's a very familiar experience for me. And I have very familiar emotional responses to it. There's things I want to do and not do. There's ways that I'll eat and not eat. There's ways that I'll react and won't react. When having this experience of pressure. Now, I'm going to this event right at the end of the week. It's a big event. It's a big deal. There's going to be a lot of people there and they expect me to come and talk to them and be awesome and inspire them and motivate them and all that great stuff. And by the way, any future public events that I'll be doing, I'll be sure to broadcast them here on the home of Unfuck Nation. But this is a private event, although it will be a lot of people there. You know, I had all those, these same feelings like, oh, it's too much. They'll understand. I've had surgery and all this nonsense. And I really got, no, that's not good enough. That is not good enough. Now, what is it that made it not good enough? Well, you see, I've set myself a pretty big game in this life. And my, and my game is to, to live a remarkable life, to be an extraordinary human being. That's the game that I've set for myself. And then the game of being an extraordinary human being can't keep getting derailed by ordinary things. I have to find a way to be victorious. I have to find a way to overcome. I have to find a way to sometimes, yes, even defeat the circumstances that are happening around me rather than cashing in all my chips just suddenly because it seems like things are a little or a lot too much for me. I mean, I guess this kind of tails on to some of the questions we've had in the last couple of weeks of the nation. You're a bag of emotions. You're a bag of thoughts. You're a walking, talking skin bag with a very predictable range of emotions and thoughts. And those emotions and thoughts are the range within which you live your life. So when you look in your life right now, it's little wonder that you can't see a solution to some of your situations. 
because you keep responding in the same ordinary ways. You see, you have to take an extraordinary view of life. You have to look at life not from the way that everybody else in your life looks at it, but to take an extraordinary view that shit actually is possible for you, that you can do these things, that you can reach beyond the everyday circumstances that everybody else seems to bend to. That doesn't make you superhuman. All it really does is make you someone who has something at stake. So if you look at your finances right now or your career or wherever in your life that you currently find yourself unhappy or dissatisfied, you may well have to take an extraordinary view of it. Your ordinary solutions won't work. You're not going to keep everybody happy. You're not going to please everyone around you because that's what it is when you reinvent, when you take your life on, when you take a big step. Or in my case, I kind of hobbled step because I broke my toe. <laughs> so I've taken an extraordinary view this week. And the view that I took is, I got this. I've arranged for transport to get myself to the airport and back from the airport. I'm going to get that little, you know, shuttle from where I check in down to the terminal at both ends of the airport. I got a car coming to pick me up, right? So I put all the pieces in place so that I could deliver on what I'll tell you. So that I could deliver on what I said I would do. And by the way, I could easily have called these people up and said, oh, I've broken my foot. I'm so sorry. I'm out of action. And they would totally have understood. And I could have rested and I could have recuperated. But no. And by the way, I want you to know I'm not cashing in my health either. I am looking after my food. I'm making, I've been in consultation with my doctor. I've given myself every kind of support that I would need to make this happen. I'm doing what I need to do to honor what I said to myself. Because when you honor what you say to yourself, you're honoring yourself. You can pretty much guess where I'm going with this next, right? And whatever you say to yourself, when you don't honor that, you dishonor yourself. So I'm going to dive into this a little here so that we can kind of pick it apart and take out all the morality or the kind of being good or being bad or being right or being wrong out of it and just deal with what does it take to actually honor your word? Well, simply put, honoring your word quite simply means that you treat your word like it's a big deal. Does that mean you're going to keep your word all the time? No, it doesn't. Does it mean you might make certain promises and then break them? Yeah, it might mean that. But you don't just flippantly do that. You treat your word like it's a big deal. Like it's not only a big deal to you, but it's important to you that others see that your word is a big deal. Now, that can be a problem. Why? That can be a problem because, and let's be honest, and I know this is true of my life. I haven't always lived my life this way. I've mostly lived my life like my word doesn't matter. 
and that I'll bend and break the rules and I'll do what I said I was going to do, but then maybe not, then probably not. It depends how I feel and on and on and on. And, you know, I'm going to do more of this and I'm going to do less of that. And then I don't do it, but nobody really notices. So who cares? So when people come to me and say, hey, I'm going to do that. And then they don't do it. I don't really care. Why? Because I don't either. But if suddenly I go around and I start treating it like it's a big deal and I start doing what I said I was going to do and I start telling people that I'm really out to honor my word, sometimes people get a little intimidated by that. Like it seems like you're getting a bit stiff or that you think you're better than them or something, which that's not what it's about. It's about developing yourself as someone who acknowledges the power of your own promises. You see, when you begin with small promises, when you do things like I'm getting up at seven tomorrow morning and you actually get up at seven, or I'm going to the gym for 30 minutes tomorrow and you actually go to the gym for the full 30, you don't cop out at 18 minutes because you're tired and that's enough. And whatever the thing is, right? But you start to honor those little promises to yourself. You have this growing experience of yourself that you're a powerful human being. But then you start to see the power award, which is why I like to bring it up frequently, because it reaches into all areas of your life. See, look, if I promise myself that I'm going to get out of bed tomorrow morning at six o'clock, I mean, for some people, that's like, all right, it's a big deal for me, but what the, f come on, that's not a big deal. I mean, you should be able to get out of bed on the time that you said you would. If that's the highest you're going to raise the bar, holy shit, how are you ever going to get that book written or start that business or get married or whatever the hell you want to do with your life? You can't play big games if you're still fucking around with the little ones. You just can't. That's how that rolls. But I'll use getting up out of bed in the morning as an example, right? If I say... I'm getting out of bed tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And the alarm goes off at 6 a.m. and I get up. All right, I honored my word there, right? But what if I say I'm going to double my income in the next two years? And that's my promise. Now, again, these are just examples. I'm going to double my income in the next two years. That's my promise. And it's the exact same kind of promise like getting out of bed in the morning. Except... Getting out of bed in the morning, I don't really have to work that out. I just set the fucking alarm and it goes off and up I get, right? But if I say two years from this date, I will have doubled my income. Two years from this date, my income will be double what it is right now. I got a massive problem. What's the problem? My life isn't lining up with what I promised. Promised who? I promised myself. And... I've got two years in which I could just abandon that for whatever circumstance might come up. I mean, I might, a family member might die. I might get sick. I might get fired. I might go bankrupt. You see, but the power of the promise is actually designed to pull you through all of that. The promise is what you're out to deliver on. Now, I would go as far as to say every single bit of success that I've had in my life has been a function of an ever-increasing relationship to the power of my promises. And it continues to develop. I hold myself to account for what I said I would do. Does that mean it's perfect? 
No, no. But when I make a promise, it's a big fucking deal. And, you know, everybody's looking for the quick answer. Everybody's looking for the scheme or the strategy they can just plug into. Give me the fucking answer, Gary, and then I'll do that, and then I'll have my success. But one of the most fundamental, foundational pieces of your future success is relying upon your ability to keep a promise to yourself. If you can't do that, you're fucked. Now, here's some good news. If you look in your life right now, and you look at the parts of your life where you feel as if you're doing pretty good, you'll also notice you're honoring your word pretty consistently there. Like you're consistently doing what you said you would do. All right, now let's go look at those other areas of your life that aren't going as well as you'd want them to. Yeah, you'll notice it's the opposite. What you said you would do or what you know to do, your relationship to that is off. See, that's part of the deal. Like, not all my promises are things like, I promise I'm gonna, blah, 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 right? A lot of the shit that I deal with in my life is stuff that I just know I should do. Like, I know I should do that. I know I should get up at this time. I know I should go to bed at that time. I know that I shouldn't spend that money. I know that I shouldn't eat that thing. I know that I should eat that thing. And on and on and on and on. And that's the game of treating all of that to the same kind of rigor as my personal promises, my declarations and promises, if you like. So what I do is I live my life, again, treating my word like it matters. Now, I explained this in Wise as Fuck. So if you haven't read that book yet, you need to get it because I do get into this in Wise as Fuck. But the only reason you don't honor your promises to yourself is because you think the promises that you've made to yourself don't really matter, that they're not a big deal. The promises that you're more likely to keep are the ones you'll honor with other people. Why? Because they'll have some fucking opinion of you. And so you're always worried about what other people think of you, but you don't really give a damn about what you think of you. And that's the problem. That's the problem. You don't give a damn about what you think of you. Because somewhere in the back of your mind, you don't matter. Let that sink in for a minute. Somewhere in the back of your mind, you don't matter. What they think of you matters. What you think of you, yeah. And then you wonder why you feel like shit and you can't get anything done. Because you don't treat you like you matter. Not like you should be spoiled or, you know, not in a narcissistic way. I mean, you don't treat your word to yourself like it's got any kind of gravity that it doesn't resonate, that it doesn't hold any real power. And where your word is weak, so are you. So what's the practice for this week? 
the practice is to start taking on honoring your word to thine own self be true. And as night must follow day, those canst not then be false to any man, as our old friend Willie Shakespeare would have said. Be true to yourself. Honor your word to yourself. And then watch. Watch as your sense of power goes through the roof. Watch as your ability to accomplish goes through the roof. Watch as you actually start to become a more powerful human being. But it all begins with those little personal promises. All right, we're about to go on a break. Before we go on the break, please make sure that you subscribe to Unfuck Nation. And if you could, I mean, it really would do us a wonderful favor here if you could, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please jump in there and write and review. It does the show the world a good. And of course, if you want to share it on your social media channels, you'd be doing us another wonderful, wonderful favor, which we most appreciate that. But we'll be back in a moment. We're going to be taking an email that I got this week that I'm so excited to actually share with you because I think everybody's going to get something out of this next conundrum for the nation. I'll see you in a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. We got a great... Great question from the nation this week. You know, I probably got a fucking dozen emails this week that I could easily just have plugged them right into the show. And they were all freaking great. I mean, really, but I'm always looking to pick the one that that I feel as if I'll have the biggest bang for your buck. Even if you've sent me an email before and you feel as if, you know, like I didn't use it and you still have the question, please feel free to get in touch again, you know. I mean, obviously, like I said, I want to make sure the questions that I bring from the nation are going to spread far and wide and make a difference for as many people as possible. But anyway, this is this week's is from Tony. Tony says, Hi, Gary, I've read all your books and listened to all the podcasts. Thank you, Tony. And I've found that my life is definitely moving forward and improving. Thank you for your continued efforts. I do, however, every so often fall back into destructive self-talk, resentment, and blame to name a few conflicting states of mind. I've always thought that I have an average sense of reality and your philosophy should not be that unreasonable to live by. I take responsibility for these setbacks that I experience and try to interrupt them before I get too deep into that old behavior. I have identified that I hold a strong belief that my wife may not have the feelings for me that she says that she does, and that seems to be the driver when I have a recession. 
How can I manage this belief in order to have less episodes like this? And then, you know, he says he's looking forward to the new relationship book coming out. Okay, Tony, you have this experience that when your wife says she loves you or cares for you, that you don't quite believe her, okay? Now, I think there's probably a bunch of people here who have that issue or a similar issue. Like they don't fully believe their partner or their spouse or their maybe even their friend when they say they love them or they care for them or some people may call this a trust issue, right? I want everybody to really listen keenly. So if you are someone who have had that as an experience in your life, I would invite you right now, by the way, as we're just making our way through our lives, but right now to look into your past. And the question I want you to ask yourself is, who's the person that comes to mind when you think of this experience? That they say they love you, but you don't believe them. Who is the person that first comes to mind when you think of not believing or not trusting or having no faith in? So I want you to look back and that person, and, and it's a person, and I also want you to look at the age that that started. Like, when did I start relating to that person? Or what's at least what's the earliest memory that I have of it? This might not be the first time, but at least the memory that comes to mind when I started to relate to that person in that way. And I want you to look, Tony and everyone, at what is it that happened at that stage in your life? What changed? Was it a parent? Was it a sibling? Was it a friend or a family member? When and who? When did that experience first come to mind? And in your case, Tony, that they say they love you, but that you don't believe them. What I'm pointing to here, Tony, is what's showing up in your marriage is an incompletion from your past. Some item from your past that you never resolved. This is the sort of shit that I talk about all the time and people say, I'm over that. No, you're fucking not. Human beings don't get over shit. That's a crock. That is not how human beings work. Human beings stockpile and transcend and stockpile and transcend and stockpile and transcend and then they die with the stockpile intact as you or seeing for yourself here, Tony. So I'd also be willing to wager that it's one of your parents, maybe your mom. So if you look back, there were certain events in your life. And I want you to think of those events. What is it that happened? And here's the question. What did you make that mean about you? And what did you make that mean about the other person? So what did you make that mean about you? And what did you make that mean about that other person? And whatever you made that mean, my friend, that's what you're stuck with. You're not stuck with the events of your past. What you're stuck with is what you said to yourself about it. What you said to yourself about you and life. That's what you're stuck with. So for your wife, Tony, she doesn't stand a chance against that. You're building evidence 
And that's what she's got to live with. She's got to live with a guy who doesn't believe her. I mean, after a while, you're just thinking, what's the fucking point? Don't believe me anyway. I think they call that a self-fulfilling prophecy, my friend. So what you really want to start to take on is, if love is what you're after in your relationship, if love really is what you want this thing to be about, then you take it on as your job. You take it on as your expression. Your wife, she's the vessel. And you're just going to fill that vessel up with being a loving guy instead of what you're currently doing, which is being this untrusting, suspicious guy. That's who you are right now in this relationship. When you're in that spot, you'll never get what you want by being that guy. You need to reinvent yourself. And in those moments when you're questioning yourself, I want you to think about this. What are you missing out on when you're indulging that internal state? I don't think she loves me. I think she's just saying it. I don't think she really means it. What are you missing out on in those moments? And right there, when you clearly see what you're missing out on, in those moments, that's what you now must bring to the table. So instead of like, I'm missing out on this, I'm missing out on love, I'm missing out on affinity. Oh, this is my opportunity to be loving, to be affectionate. Now, here's a little thing I'm going to throw in there, though. All too often in our relationships, we're loving, but what we're really doing is expecting something in return. That's really not how love works. Love is an expression. It's not an item for you to get. It's an expression. It's who you are. It comes from you. If you're seeking it, then you've never truly discovered for yourself what it is to be loving. Because there's something about yourself you haven't sorted out yet that you're trying to fill. That's what a lot of my work is. Like you finally get into the bottom of that sort of stuff. When you get to that spot in your life when love is who you are, then people are just free to be themselves. I don't seek anything in my wife or my sons. I don't seek anything from them. I'm too busy loving them and telling them that I love them and being a loving man. Why do I do that? Because I want love in my life, but I'm not going to make that your fucking job. That's not your job. I'm the one that wants it. So I'm bringing it. Then the only real question for me is, who do I want to express this with? Now, fortunately for me, I made that choice 20-something years ago. And I'm not done there. I got a lot of expressing yet to do. But I'll never stop expressing my love. And I've long since given up the idea of waiting around for others to love me. They're either going to do that or they're not. That's up to them. But I do get to choose who I express my love with. And I got lots to give. All right, Tony. I want you to stew in that one for a while, my friend. And that relationship book is coming out next year, so you're going to have a big opportunity to reinvent the whole thing. That's it for this week, you guys. Thank you for being a part of the nation. 
Again, if you want to indulge yourself with our brilliant Unfuck Nation t-shirts, hoodie, and we're working on some new stuff. We're definitely working on some new stuff. But you go to the Unfuck store. If you want to participate in a future episode, you can leave us a message on the hotline, 646-450-3203. Connect at garyjohnbishop.com. You can leave me an email. Or you can check us out at unfucknation.com. There's a little form there. You can fill out your name and your question or your conundrum or the thing you want us to deal with on the show. Thank you for being a wonderful listener. Thank you for downloading our show. And thank you for that review, even if you haven't done it yet. I'll see you on the flip side. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.